Welcome to Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. I'm Sam, and we have the second part of a very special show for you today. If this is the first episode of Beach Houses and Babies that you're listening to, welcome. I would suggest that you go back to the episode prior to this one and listen to the whole crossover as one. But today we are covering the third part of our three-part crossover with Brie and Abby of the On Call Room podcast. We are finishing off our trifecta with season two, episode 16. So just as a refresher, Abby is going to let us know our facts about private practice ex-life. Enjoy! Private Practice Episode 16, Ex-Life, was written by John Cohen, Robert Rovner, Krista Vernoff, and Deborah Kahn, and directed by Mark Tinker. It aired on February 12th, 2009. Who should say their first note now? You do. You start. I'll I'll say my first note. I love that Richard made a big deal about the interns calling it, I'm going to try to say it again, neurocystocytosis. And then we get back to Oceanside Wellness, and they're back to calling it worms. In the <laughs> oh, funny. Great catch. Yeah, I loved that. I loved that. Um, Abby, what's yours? I mean, mine's about Joe's bar. I just said, OMG, Joe, I miss him. Mm-hmm. Like, I forgot about him. I, yeah. I almost made him my guest star spotlight of the week, but then um, I didn't <laughs> because we see someone who I also am obsessed with, but Joe almost was it. I wish he would come back. Joe? Oh. Uh, I uh, bring him to the beach, damn it! Yeah. I'd love to see Joe. <laughs> like the last time we see him is when he and his husband boyfriend almost adopt yes. that baby, and then we never hear from him it's again. Great, great. Does, it is a shame. Does the baby never need medical attention? Hopefully not. But <laughs> and it's Joe's bar. It's his bar. Why isn't he working there anymore? He sold it, I guess. I guess so. Now and now they just call it the bar. That's true. They don't they don't yeah, reference rude. it as Joe. So he probably did sell it. He he had a kid. He had to get out of that nightlife. It was too much for him. Yeah. Much. Although and, and I am glad that he didn't have to pay for that car that drove into it last season. That's yeah. a lot of damages to pay yeah, for. Absolutely. That's why you have insurance. Another crossover. And we have another episode. one this week. A car. My dad, when he was watching it, he texted me and he was like, "So this time the car doesn't drive into the bar. It drives into the truck." <laughs> Great. <laughs> really great yeah one of our mutual listeners jade and your facebook moderator i love jade hi jade i hi, love jade, you I love you <laughs> um she and i were talking about like what can they do and i know that we had a small earthquake on grace that you guys are going to be covering soon but we were like the end of gray's anatomy will be just like the big a one tsunami it could be a tsunami, oh. <laughs> but just the big earthquake. Because, you know, they're saying the West Coast, knock on wood, it never happens. But, like, the West Coast is ready for its, like, big earthquake. And we're saying the end of Grays will be that big earthquake. That's interesting. I was just going to say it's, like, years, like, like, climate change. And we're all just – it's going to be, like, the day after tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Whole planet's- yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be, like, Zola's yeah. kids. Dealing with all of our <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. Or Bailey and Sophia have kids together and it's their kids. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Not Bailey, um, not Miranda Bailey. Yes, yes. <laughs> Derek Bailey, Shepard Gray, Gray Shepard, whatever. Oh my God, what a name. I know. I love that we call him Bailey and not mm-hmm. Derek. Mm-hmm. <laughs> too confusing. Yes, way too confusing. I said, I want to work at a place that has a big kitchen like that where everyone eats and drinks coffee all the time. They're always in that kitchen area, yes. like just chit-chatting and like pouring cereal. And it's like they go grocery shopping and pull all their groceries at their work. And that is what I want for my life. That is what I want my workplace to be like. And it looks so nice. Yeah. The one year I worked in an office, Brie, I always got to work early. Like I was always one of the first people. And so I was in charge of making mm-hmm. the coffee every morning, like in the coffee pot. And there was like a fun, joyous part of people coming, good morning. And like, get mm-hmm. your, co- like, DDD's morning. We're roommates, except not, I don't know. The one yeah. time I worked in an yeah, office. But there's something like even more beautiful about that kitchen on private practice. It's not just coffee. Like people are yes. literally 
eating all the time in there. Or maybe they're on their lunch or whatever, but I just, I've never worked at a place like that. And I need that to be part of my life. Maybe I just need to work from home and I can go to my own kitchen. And <laughs> yeah. Hey. Yeah. I thought it was really technically interesting going on the food thing about how this is getting really nitpicky. Violet is eating her cereal mm-hmm. because cereal is a thing that you can eat while you're filming because you can take small bites and refill it if it becomes noticeable. But I think it was, it was Cooper who was not eating the muffin, but it was either Cooper or Pete who was not eating their muffin. I thought that was interesting. interesting. When I look back in my brain, sometimes I can't remember if in a scene like this, if they're not talking, it's just visually. Sometimes I can't remember if it's Pete or Cooper because in my brain they look the same, like, <laughs> which <laughs> is not great. I get that. Yeah, but if, there's, if it's like a, a storyline I can remember, but if it's just something like this, I'm like, tall handsome white guy yeah. <laughs> sitting not eating his muffin yeah yeah but I thought that was cool Brie what were you gonna no, say no that was it I, I didn't I've never thought about eating like the cereal thing that makes so much sense why you would be able to eat that on set I luckily have not I don't want to say luckily because I'm sure it will be fun depending on what you eat but um I was filming a show and we had to like drink beer outside but it was non-alcoholic beer So it was, and it was warm-ish because the condensation would make the label, the fake like art department label, the condensation would make it- Like peel off. Yeah, like get blurry, melt, whatever. Yeah. So it was a warm, non-alcoholic beer. (laughs) And then if you drank too much, they had to refill it, but it had to be like that or a ginger ale type thing that would fizz extra like beer. So I just feel like- Usually, like, they ask you what I, – I was asked if I had any allergies, which is common and very, very kind. Um, but normally, if it's something where it's, like, a huge scene, they'll say, like, is there something that you really don't like eating? Yeah. <laughs> when they're – I'm not in the Joe's Bar section, but it sounds like a Christmas song. I know it's not a Christmas song, but the song that it opens up in when they're – when we first see them in Joe's Bar and they're dancing, doesn't it sound like a Christmas song? I feel like I thought that too, or maybe it was a Christmas song. The beginning sounds like simply having a wonderful Christmas time. but then That's what I thought as well. Yeah, but then it's like an 80s oh. something. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it's sampled. So, okay, so we're not talking about that. We're tra- are we talking about Sam? Yeah, let's go right into my dear Sam Bennett. I just have, why is so much happening? Sam is passing out. I forgot this was like a, an aspect of it. I... I mean, I know that the storyline wasn't like super big or whatever, but it brought me a lot of joy when it came to a culmin- like culmination at the end. Like, I just thought it was very yes. funny. Me too. Mark's, uh-huh, when Sam says that he is the one who divorced Naomi is so funny to me. <laughs> I like to think about Mark like always having this huge love for Naomi or like lust for Naomi, but never being able to do anything because she was with Sam. And now that they're divorced, he's like, I'm with Lexi. I can't think of it. <laughs> but I, I, I love to think of Mark like wanting Naomi and being like, uh-huh, sure. You, you wanted to divorce mm-hmm. her. Yeah. The one who got away. I think it's just such a funny storyline that everyone is talking about how like you had an asthma attack when you were watching your ex-wife be with her boyfriend and him just being like, I'm not, I'm not crazy. Like I'm having an, this is not emotional. This is not emotional, but he is really emotional about how he's saying it. So it makes it even funnier. Yes. Yeah. I thought it was like a, a brilliant little side storyline. Yes. I agree. I, Cause that would be so annoying if someone was telling you that's why you were feeling that way. And you're like, I actually, am I? And then you start to question like if you are or not. And I just loved his reaction of, it was not a panic attack. It was an asthma attack. I am not pathetic. I am a man with yes. asthma. And then he's like, give me some Dr. Bailey, like for a high five. I just thought it was great. I love them together. I, I love Ben and I love Naomi and I love the lady that he's with right now in the show whose name is escaping me, but the CBC lady who he's dating. But I want to live in a world where Bailey and Sam get together. I, Ooh. I feel like I could see mm-hmm. it. She says to him, how does a woman go from you to Archer Montgomery and how do you stand by and watch? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I ship them. I love them both. And 
I guess, as I said before, who they're with, but I think that they would be really good together. And I also am obsessed with the fact that Bailey doesn't like Archer. Yes. Yeah. And she's just like totally on Sam's side. And it's funny too, because she's kind of like, you know, snippy to Naomi because of Archer, which (laughs) I think is funny. I just, I love too, though, that it's Naomi who figures out why Sam is having an asthma attack, because that just shows like, even though they're divorced, it's like they were still married for a very long time. And she understands his asthma and his allergy to like corn based inhaler. Yeah. I love Bailey too. Like I, I, if I were Bailey at first, my instinct would want to be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. But she's like, you didn't write that in the chart. Like how <laughs> Bailey is so confident in her work that she's just like, okay, but that's not my fault. Yeah. I just did the yeah, generic. Yeah. So yeah, that's such mm-hmm. a good point, Brie. My parents are divorced, but my mom still knows my dad's social security number. There are certain things you can't forget. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you've mm-hmm. not been together. You know things about people. Yeah. Do you have anything else for Sam? Nothing else for Sam. Mm-hmm. Not about Sam. Let's move on to Rachel and her daughter, Cynthia, but I have most things about Rachel. Yeah. It's just so sad. Do you recognize her? No. No. Oh my God. Stop. Podcast goes, I get to be a real person. <laughs> it's Megan Hunt. <laughs> oh, shit. It's, it's Megan Hunt. That makes total sense. But not, but not when she comes back on the show. Yes. It's oh, not it the first one. She's my guest star spotlight because I, oh, I love Abigail okay. Spencer. She's like one of my favorite actresses of all time. She's not like in the flashbacks. The Megan Hunt in the flashbacks has like red hair. And it's actually right. – that's the same actress who plays Rose in Jane mm-hmm. the Virgin. Okay. But this is Megan Hunt who comes back and has the stomach thing and adopts the son. Maybe her hair is just so different. I didn't see it. I don't know. That's really I, – I guess also like we've said though on our podcast, I have not rewatched – the Riggs episodes. Like, no, I don't even, I've seen them once. So I, in one ear and out the other. That's such a good call out. Wow. Well, she got her start here. Really only because I'm obsessed with Abigail Spencer. I'm not obsessed with her. I love her. She was on Mad Men. She was on one of my favorite shows, Timeless, that doesn't get enough love at all. I'll talk more about her in the guest star spotlight, but I love her. But yes, it's an incredibly sad story. Yeah, I just like, yeah. To me too, it makes me feel better that Pete ends up saying, I think it's Pete. that this isn't common or maybe it's Cooper oh no now it's been Sam you gave it to me where it's like is it Pete or Cooper white guys I forget yeah they're very different but also in like my hindsight I'm like which one was it I think too because Pete and Cooper both are connected to Violet and so like that does it anyway but the whole idea of like this is not I think it is Cooper this is not a common thing um, like this is very rare to happen. And that made me feel a little bit better because I got super stressed out about having a kid. And I was like, oh my God, postpartum psychosis. Like when she said, I'm an educated person who does anything but the, but love their baby. Yeah. Ugh. She was like, I know you don't do anything when your baby's in the tub. I know yeah. that. She, it was so sad. Yeah, it's just a sad, it's a sad storyline. And I'm glad they put it out there because I think it's just important. And that's what Grace always does. Violet has that moment where she's like, what if I go crazy? You know, I feel like this is related to this storyline. And, and I, and she talks about how like her hormones are already making her not feel like her anymore. And she doesn't want to let the baby go back with the mom because she's being relational and not like, she's not operating as a doctor. She's operating as a person in that moment. And I just thought, yeah, yeah, I just thought that that was a a great tie in. And I don't know, I appreciated the storyline being there and it was just very tragic. And I forget how much like pregnancy and births, obviously in private practice there is, hence the name of your podcast. But I was like, Oh, this is a lot. I got really nervous that she was going to abandon her baby right after Patty was abandoned and I was like oh god poor Cooper not again I imagine it being it is like the next day right because or at least like yeah it would be the next day or two days later because it's in in real time yeah thank god it wasn't another storyline like that yeah Ellery is a beautiful Mm -hmm. name when she was saying all the names Ellery is gorgeous it's a great name Mm mm-hmm I also want acupuncture. Me too. That was my other last note about this one is that I would love to try acupuncture. And I promise that I will. Like the way he was describing it as like it starts down your, you know, your brain is able to relax and you can like enter this deep psychosis. I was like, sign me up. I want that. <laughs> yes. Put me into I used to get it done. Uh-huh. Really? Yeah. Years and years and years ago when I was younger for anxiety, I used to get it done. And then I um, tried to do it for, I have PCOS. 
Um, and so they did a bunch in like my abdomen and then they put this infrared light on it. And so it was super warm. And then they just have like do, 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 do music playing and you just sit there for like a half hour. And yeah, it's great. Do you think sweet that it helped? You know, with definitely with the anxiety, it did. Um, but with PCOS is such a like a layered thing. And I really yeah. sh- like it's with those type of things with that type of healing, you have to do it a lot and I didn't have the money for it. Mm-hmm. So yes. it's because it's yeah. expensive. So when Violet says to Pete, no Cooper is the babysitter. You're the mommy sitter. It's a good joke, but like now is not the time for that. <laughs> Especially with the way that their relationship yeah. is right now. Yeah, I was like, nah, yeah. don't make that joke. Yeah. <laughs> He's not joking right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> Say that for for later when you can laugh about the situation. Mm-hmm. For Usually for baby auditions, a huge criterion is that the baby doesn't cry a lot. They'll just sit the babies there and see how long they can be just like cute models. I wonder if this was the opposite for this baby's audition. I wonder if they were like, what does the baby, like, does the baby cry on cue? Interesting. Because <laughs> I feel like the baby cries yeah. all the time. Like, I don't, that feels really traumatic for a baby. To be pushed, like, what happens? Or to be on the No, I mean, set. like. As like as an actor on set, Both, like actually, like but. let's see until it cries. Like that's so sad. I know. I'm sure that it was very ethical and beautiful, but yeah. um, yes, I agree. I know. When they got the dad in the room, I was like, I, I I don't I don't like him. I know that we don't get to see him very often, but he goes, I'm tired too, but I couldn't do this. Yeah, okay, but you also didn't just grow and deliver this baby and your body isn't reacting to the sort of hormones like right. your wife. Right. And I, I understand that a cisgendered male is never going to get that in a way that, I don't know, I just didn't like the way that he said it. I feel like he yeah. is also a freshman year of college football player, just like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Totally agree. All right, miscellaneous for private practice 216. I was feeling like I didn't realize there's this much grays in private practice. Like I, since I, I mean, obviously I did watch at the time, but like that scene with Karev and Addison, when he says, I'm with Izzy and she's a mess and I know it's my own fault. I'm always picking the crazy chick. I love her. I do. I love her and I want to be with her, except I kind of don't. I kind of want to run because it's like, there's a train coming. I can feel the ground shaking. Something's coming and I kind of want to run. Start over like you did. Are you happy you did? Did it work? And I love that Addison says, I didn't run. I walked. I wish that we'd gotten that conversation in grays also, because I feel like it it's just like a, such a good one to see where they're at. And I don't remember him saying anything like that on grades about Izzy at this time, you know? No, I don't either. I don't either. Not until much mm-hmm. later. That's also my first note. That's why I was like, we're on the same wavelength mm-hmm. here. Seeing Alex and Addison talk to each other makes me wonder how they were ever together, like even just for a moment, because she's so much more mature than him, like not in years, but he's a, he's a child right now. And it's been three years since they've been together. Two, three years. Oh, yeah. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> like that just like, that feels like a very long time ago that that happened. Yeah. It's when Ava was in the hospital, they went into a storage closet and yeah. then she ran away mm-hmm, to California. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what pushed yeah. her to it, right? That's what Mark thought. Yeah. But that's when they she was having that competition with Mark. And then mm-hmm. Mark knew that she did. And he said, no, it was me that did it. And then she yeah. left. So inadvertently, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. I think that dear listener Chris will appreciate this. Um, everyone is stressed, Derek, to control your emotions and don't yell at Addison. <laughs> Classic Derek. Yeah. It was it was very much like, I feel like a lot of just like how if people don't like Owen, they can pinpoint a lot of it to that episode. I feel like if people don't like Derek, a lot of the reasons they can do in this episode. She, he was just screaming yes. at her in the middle of the hallway when she's in a very very tense situation and like fragile place too you know very yeah i really like at the end when um sam dropped x life the episode title into the dialogue when when bailey was like this is your life and he's like my ex life interesting like it doesn't happen Mm -hmm. often and my last note before we get into our multi-episode arcs is when Naomi got into the ambulance Sam says don't worry about Maya I got Maya which is their daughter um where's Maya 
Yeah, that is, I did think about that. I didn't write a note about it, but like, I got it, but don't worry, I'll be there soon to support you. Exactly. Exactly. I'll be there in a couple hours. Yeah. Maybe she's with grandma or Violet. She's going to school. Yeah. She's someone. She's yeah. alone is what she is. <laughs> no, she's like 14 or 15 at this point, I think. You could be alone at 14 or 15. I was going to say, I also think we have to remember their circle is bigger than just the people in the show. Like, I have to imagine they know other no, humans. No, they do not. not. They on the only show. know the people on the show. <laughs> <laughs> They're not written and they don't exist. They do not exist. <laughs> Moving on to Archer. I separated these just for myself into episodes just for my brain, but it's all just chronological anyway. So we can just go Great. at it. Great. You start. You lead the way. I'll follow. Archer Montgomery. Holy seizure. Like, wow. I know you guys talk a lot about how the auditions for the seizures would go, but wow. Yeah. I feel very lucky to not have seen someone have a seizure in real life, but this seems to be the most violent seizure that we've seen on Grace. Oh, for sure. For sure. And we get to see it twice. We get to see it twice, (laughs) y'all. Yeah. I thought that the situation Naomi was in where she has to choose if she lies to her best friend or breaks the promise of a man she loves is like a difficult situation. And what ultimately do you choose? And it's, it's also interesting because like right away in the storyline, at first I was for Archer feeling like he is allowed to have autonomy over his own body and her betrayal of that and going against it. It's like, it's like two-sided. I don't think Archer should... He, he put her in a very bad situation, even though he didn't do it on purpose. But also, like, Addison coming in and swooping in, and they're all, like, having a meeting about him, and he's not even a part of it. That feels, like, really interesting. And But then later, as it goes on, like, obviously it was the right choice, and they are helping him and all these things, but... I just, I don't know. It just, also the fact that Sam could call out that, that something was wrong with his vision so quickly. I was like, oh no, there's no way. Because when he like didn't look up the right way, I was like, this is television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No way that a GP would be like, oh, in like a quarter of a yeah. second. Right. When they're in the emergency room and Archer goes, the brain is a complex organ. His subtext was, and I'm a complex person, a.k.a. toxic masculinity, <laughs> and I'm awesome, yeah. and I'm complex too. <laughs> right. It made me so mad. I don't really, like, I feel like there were some, like, twists and turns in the storyline that I didn't quite remember. I guess I, I do remember, like, so Archer, we think he has a tumor at first, mm-hmm. which it's not. It's... Grey's Anatomy loves right. to do a nice parasite story. Love it. Worms in the brain. Yeah, I just feel like there were... Well, I'm going to hold off on the, the next part because we're going chronologically. But there were some twists towards the end of the story that I didn't remember. Yeah, like... Okay, I don't want to get there. But like the sax not actually being the tumors back. Like I, That's what I was talking about. Yeah. yeah. I'm skipping ahead. I, I didn't... I was surprised by that too. And then I felt like I'm confusing Archer with a Grey's storyline where someone gets really mean. You are. It's the guy who um, probes the bear. and um, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I just watched that arc. He looks like Archer. They kind of look alike, yes. and they both – Archer's – because I kept being like, uh-oh, Derek fucked up with his brain, and he's going to be really mean for a while, especially to Naomi. And then I was like, wait, he's not – what am I – did I – like, so he kills his brother. He doesn't kill his brother. He pro- he pokes the bear. The bear kills his brother. His Right. His fiance is he's really rich. His fiance is like a waitress that he is this ringing about. Yeah, now? he goes blind. Right. He yes. And then yes. No, yeah, no, I, I know which one you're talking about. I just I brain tumor trial. Yep. I just for some reason was thinking because Archer's kind of an asshole. Like, and so when it got when he <laughs> Yeah, when he was making those comments, I was like, oh, he whatever. But so because at first I was very mad at Derek's like well, Derek is just so arrogant to him. And I know that Derek and him don't have a good relationship or anything. But at the end, when Derek's like, you idiot, these, you know, these are filling with like what the, the tumor, where the tumor was, it's filling with um, liquid, like you're fine. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't know. It was just an yeah. interesting part. I didn't, for, I didn't remember any of yeah. that. And, and when he is, when he is like saying, I, I wouldn't have done that. I slept with this girl too. I did this. And he's like, oh, I don't have time to be a better man. I said, Archer wouldn't be a better man even if he had 2,000 years to live. He's just like, (laughs) he seems like a scummy guy. And honestly, that's why it's interesting to me that Naomi is like into him. Yeah. Doesn't feel. She doesn't, besides Sam, she doesn't tend to go for great guys, I feel like. Yeah. 
And that's all I'll say because this spoiler. is not a spoiler podcast, but I think you right. know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like when, when Addison is having that really meaningful conversation to him when she says, like, you're my brother, like who, like if you aren't okay, who is going to, you know, like be the one to carry me home or whatever she says. I felt like that was really meaningful, but it would have meant more if Archer wasn't such a ding dong. Yeah. We don't really get a chance to know what is so lovable about him. Right. And especially like in, in the future when we meet some more members of her family, I just don't, I don't really get you know, what's going on. When Archer is talking about Jen Harmon, who we're going to talk about in a minute, he says, the trials of Seattle's wretched refuse do not interest me. Come on, dude. (laughs) Yeah. I really didn't like that at all. That was just... Yeah, he's not no bueno. And and I know I shouldn't have laughed when he seized because it was awful, but the second one, Sam, like, runs out and then she's like, call 911. And then he like runs back in. And that part made me giggle. Yeah. So yeah. It was more Sam thing. Back to the beginning, I said, I can't read a scan. And that's a bad tumor. Yeah. But then Archer says, I'd lose my sense of humor if I have surgery. <laughs> and then he goes, five great years and I get to keep all my hair. He does have some great mm-hmm. clips. But yeah. Yeah. Um, a- along with the eyes and the skull flaps, I have a hard time thinking about the actual worms in the brain. That that does not do well Mm-mm. when Meredith pulls them out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the way the cysts look pulling them out, I don't. Also, when he starts admitting all the things when he thinks he's dying, like classic dying person. Yeah. I feel, but well, I don't mean in the show. I feel like that happens yes. sometimes in the show. I have no idea about an actual dying person like doing the guy that. But, um, who sends all the tapes out to the people? Right? Um, is it yeah. Meredith or someone yeah. that's like? I hate you, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I just love when Derek comes in and he's like, you know, when he talks about the fluid and he's like, he's going to be an ass like he's always been. And it's it's just a two assholes talking to each other. <laughs> Both brain people love to see it. Yeah, I haven't, I have not thought about a brain surgeon versus a neurologist before. I hadn't thought about how I those did not two know were like. that there was a difference. <laughs> I only knew in the sense of like one cuts and one doesn't, but I hadn't thought mm-hmm. about the tension mm-hmm. there. Yeah. One of them's brave. One of them's not, you know, that's. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. apparently says Derek in a very kind way to a dying. Yeah. <laughs> no, tap. no tap whatsoever. The medicine that Sam gets out to put Archer in a coma. Don't you feel like that should be locked totally. up somewhere? Like not just. Out of nowhere. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do love Sam for saying he'll do it though. Yeah, yeah, but also I was like, you don't practice here. I would, I just like, I just like, I get it, like personally, yeah. and like how it was helpful. But I was just like, um, they always I don't get know, just casually privileges at St. Ambrose because it's apparently the only hospital in California. <laughs> yeah. Did you think that Addison making decisions for Archer that he wouldn't want reminded you of Maggie making decisions for her mom that she wouldn't want? Oh, that's interesting. If I'd rewatched the episodes, probably oh, yes. Yeah. I, I was very nice. You will in a couple, in whenever you get to see, what is that, 13 or 14? I don't know. Um, I did yeah. a whole rewatch. Do you remember at the beginning of quarantine when I told you that I made a rule for myself that I could only watch Grey's Anatomy after the sun? Because <laughs> <laughs> I got through, I started in like February. And then by the time April came, I was already to like season nine. And I was like, oh my God. So then I made a rule I could only watch it after dark. Well, I think too with like, I think this happens a lot of the time with family members or people close to you when they're passing or dying or might die. Like you become a little less concerned about what they would want and way more concerned about like how you'll be able to handle that loss. Um, And so you start making choices with yourself in mind, you know? And so I think Mm -hmm. it definitely, it's a common storyline throughout Grey's Anatomy with like characters who are losing, potentially losing family members. Loved ones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Since when is anything inoperable to Derek? Didn't we just go through a whole thing where like he can operate on anything? Have we, I don't even know if we've gotten to the tumor on the wall thing yet, but I feel like nothing is inoperable to Derek. And he's like, nope, can't do it. Sorry. When it's Archer. Because he's an yeah. asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Derek knows. He's like, this is not a life yeah. to save. How to save a life. Yeah. <laughs> where do I go wrong? I lost sight. <laughs> It's really strange to see Meredith so silent in a room. Mm-hmm. Like she is at the beginning when she gets in there, but 
honestly, I would be super intimidated in that room as well, like even without the romantic entanglement. Well, there's just so much history there with all of those characters. I mean, we don't really know it. It kind of honestly annoys me. I'm like kind of jumping to Joe's bar, but like we can get there. But like, we're just supposed to kind of assume and understand like all of these people are connected. And I like, I get that. I know, but it's weird to me when like Sam comes in and it's like to Derek, like I should have called or like Derek's like, I should, I'm like, this is really not a part of any of these storylines ever. It it, it feels like inauthentic to me. Is that a word? Yeah, I would. I would even say as the viewer, I feel like Meredith. I don't feel like I'm in on the jokes and like they're funny and like I love learning about the song and, and you know, whatever, but it doesn't feel like you're on the inside of it because they never showed it and it was never continued. There was never any mention of Derek and Sam talking before or after this. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just felt, I guess maybe since the show is Grey's Anatomy, we are supposed to feel like Meredith and feel that awkwardness. And in that case, it's a great job, (laughs) but Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would love some flashback scenes in some future previous episodes that the show is no longer on the air. Yeah. Well, because I yeah. feel like we do that in Grey's even. Like, we had flashbacks to, like, Ellis when she was younger and stuff. Like, it's mm-hmm. there's a, a way to do that. It just – I don't know. It felt yeah, – something felt off to me with that. No, I know what you mean. I know what yeah. you mean. But when Addison said to Derek about her keeping him in a tiny mm-hmm. box, but then she said, um, be a god. I love that little monologue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I like when she put him back yes. in the tiny box. She was like, box. you did the thing, and now I want you to go back. That would probably be really hard yeah. when you like used to love someone, and they did this, and then you need to like you need to return back to your life. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I just want to know how much fruit he ate to have that many worms. Do they like multiply? in your brain they multiply they have to multiply (laughs) i think i just don't want to think about it (laughs) i also want to make sure i never eat that much fruit for that (laughs) i just think the lesson here is wash your fruit ladies and gentlemen yes abby no more no more raspberries yeah put it in a strainer abby wash it off Okay, okay. It just takes so much time. Also, I like never wash. Like my HelloFresh meals are always like, please wash your produce. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. So maybe I have a great immune system, you know? Like it's already fought these things. Yes. You have no neurocysticitosis. Mm -hmm. None of it. Correct. None of it. In what world do they get to watch the surgery? Okay. Yeah, I had some notes about that. Mm I think, I mean, but this is once again across the board in Grey's Anatomy private practice, but it is so, even like Naomi coming in and seeing the scan and like, she's like a girlfriend. She's not even like, it's one thing with Addison being a sister and being like watching the surgery. It's a totally other. And having worked at the hospital. Yeah. It's a totally other thing to be like, not even legally in any way connected and like looking at a scan. So it like happens throughout the episodes, but it's just such a Grey's Anatomy thing that sure you can be up in the gallery and literally watching your ex-husband cut into your brother's brain. NBD. No big deal. Yeah. Right. Right. Without his ferry boat scrub cap, may I say. I didn't notice that. Mm, He did not have it on. I only noticed because Addison was like, say it, say it, say it. And then he said, it's a beautiful day to save lives. And I was like, oh, your scrub cap. But it wasn't his fairy book scrub cap. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, it was the last cyst that had messed up. Of course. Dramatic effects. Oh, yeah. Anything else for Grey's 15? Nope. My first for 216 for Archer is when, when they're like, how many people are with us? And Sloan is like... If you count the worms in Archer's brain, there are like 20 of us. <laughs> that made me laugh really hard. I also love Mark Sloan. Oh, yeah. In his leather jacket, just hanging out. Derek refused someone head CT. Can you believe? Oh. <laughs> that was, he yeah. was uh, refused a head CT. So, karma. Yeah. <laughs> We've said the same thing like three times. We are now. very, very linked right now. Same thing at the same time. Yeah. Derek refusing a head CT. Oh, man. Man, oh, man. Bailey is one brave resident to talk to Naomi in the way that she does. And I know that, that Bailey is not a normal resident, but she's one brave resident to talk to her. I feel like Bailey way. doesn't give a shit. Like, she's just going to live her yeah. truth right. and, like, call things out. When people are being ridiculous, she's just going to call it as it is. And that's why she's my mm-hmm. favorite. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> One big last enduring question, and dear listeners may know if you two don't, why is Archer's head not shaved after his brain surgery? Oh, because did they go through his nose? No, they did back. Oh, okay. Because it was laparoscopic. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. We'll go with that. But yeah, it was like, what? Oh, I thought you knew the answer. No. Oh, shit. (laughs) I'm not that smart. (laughs) I thought you were asking that like, I have a quiz. (laughs) Okay. So we don't know. No, I'm not that smart. I just, I was like, what? I don't know if that's a goof or what. Mm. Yeah. Do you want to do Jen Harmon quickly or do you want to go into Joe's bar? Let's do Jen Harmon quick. And I don't have a ton on her because I feel like I actually, my really, I mean, I, the storyline is so sad, but what I wonder for private practice viewers, since that's what we're focusing on is like, you don't get an update on her. Like you get her for the one episode. And so I feel like her storyline isn't, it's important in the sense that it gives Addison something to do when she's there other than worry about her brother and, and show the dynamic between her and Derek. But I feel like as far as Jen Harmon is concerned, it like doesn't really, it's not consequential. My one like note about Addison and Derek in that moment is how Addison is such, she has her own huge ego. And and I mean that in a good way, like in confidence in her work and herself and, and how it doesn't surprise me that her and Derek didn't work out because I feel, I feel like Meredith really came into her own after Derek left and was, she turned into like, the Addison type confidence. And I just felt like obviously Addison and Derek were butting heads because they're both gods. Like they're both surgery gods. And yeah, so it was just an interesting, I feel like the reason Jen Harmon was put in this crossover was so that they could work together. I agree. I agree. I was really concerned and confused why they were making a pregnant person wait so long for their surgery mm-hmm. because you're not yeah. allowed to eat before your surgery. Yeah. Yeah. When Derek said, I promise you, I will figure it out. I was like, will you? Dr. Bailey told me not to make promises. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Derek, maybe you should learn from Bailey. He could have learned a lot yeah. from Bailey. I think it was interesting to like see Derek vulnerable with Addison of I nicked the aneurysm and if I hadn't, she wouldn't have required blood. And so this does feel like my fault. You have to do this surgery. Yeah. So I just like kind of that vulnerability there. I, actually, I don't know if I would say it's vulnerability, but it's honesty there. And then and then hot dog Thanksgiving. Yeah, I love that story. Yeah. I do think that like Derek feels guilty, right, about all of it. So now he's cornering yes. Addison because it's Addison's job to fix his all of his mm-hmm. mistakes. But hot dog Thanksgiving. One of my notes down here is I want to know what sister it is that she gave Salmonella, but then we find out mm-hmm. his name. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I have the whole song written down. Shall I serenade? Please read it. Yes. Our eyes met over the cadaver, and I knew I had to have her. His mitral valve had grown too thick. Is that what made our cadaver so sick? Addison Montgomery, he met her in the summer. She was cutting up a very dead body, and in her eyes I saw my life. I knew that she would be my wife. And she would breathe the life back into me for every day until eternity or until I'd be as dead as that body. <laughs> I loved when when they were like in the summer he and, and Derek was like rolling his eyes like she. in the summer she like he was like you fuckers yeah. I am not I did not make up a word. Yeah, it's such a great insight into young Derek and like carefree Derek and like before life big problems happen. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. there, he's had big problems before that, but it was fun. Like, I feel like it was a fun thing. A- again, I I feel like it's watching friends hang out that I am not a part of the group. But but at the same time, like, I, I it also, also probably because we've been in our houses for more than a year, but I'm also kind of like, these are my friends. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> like, in like a kind of stalkery way. We recently had a character die on Grey's Anatomy that I feel like is a little too soon for us to spoil Mm -hmm. just in some ways. But I didn't like the character very much. And even then I was like, I have to take a moment. I was like, these are my friends. These are my people. I was like, I don't know these people. These people don't exist. They're not real. (laughs) I'm going to kind of hit back on you, Abby, and say, I don't know how you feel. I didn't like the song. I didn't like the I didn't like the storyline. And I probably when we did this one in in our podcast, I probably said the same thing. It doesn't feel authentic to Derek. I know you can change after like a divorce, but like it just doesn't 
It just doesn't feel like him. Never have we ever had Derek playing a guitar, being a musician. Like that to me, I feel like is something that like you don't let go of after a divorce. And maybe it was a really bad song and he did a really bad job at it. But that has never been a way that Derek has expressed his love to Addison, Mm -hmm. to Meredith, to his sister. And I just felt like it was weird writing. And it was like for all of them to have a little inside joke. Abby, like you said, like, I felt like I was watching and I wasn't a part of. So I didn't really care for it. That's a good point because I think real Derek would have done like a really heartfelt speech with his dreamy eyes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like he would have maybe done it like either right before or right after the rehearsal dinner, like taking her with her with the house of candles, Mm -hmm. whatever it would be to Addison, whatever that, um, I don't know, like a bouquet made into the shape of a horse or whatever <laughs> she would like. <laughs> something like that. Yeah, something very like New England. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that a song goes. I again like I think that they brought the song in because of, you know, Tay Diggs and Andre McDonald, but they didn't even really get to sing. Yeah, I would have liked to see those two sing it. It would have made more sense if it was their wedding they were talking about yes. and a song was performed. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I love them so much. I love yeah. them. The hug in Joe's bar between Addison and Derek has five or six different moments in two seconds and it was so good you know what what hug when he walks into the bar for the first time yeah right before she says i'm putting you back into your little Mm -hmm. box it was just beautiful beautifully shot you could see all of their little moments of thank you i love you wait just kidding don't love you anymore (laughs) like (laughs) all of that almost like not stockholm syndrome what is that not the florence nightingale one where you love someone who you who saved yeah it's it's you fall you love someone who yeah like oh i was gonna say that you take care of but no it's that it's taking care of you it was almost like that for literally a split second and addison was like putting you back in your box Yes, in your tiny box. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't want to say I'm rarely mad at Mark Sloan because he does do wrong quite a lot. But when he brought up the ring, he said, um, what she would have found out eventually. It was like, I really don't think she would have found out about that mother's ring ever. Yeah, about it, like being the mother's ring. She definitely would have found out about the proposal and like the engagement yes. and the marriage and stuff. I do think though, like having had been in a relationship where I think that their partner did not like their partner's mother did not like me. It is validating. I feel like to hear like, yeah, no, she never liked you. It'd be like, yes, "Yes, I thank you for finally (laughs) telling me. And it didn't, you know, yeah. So I kind of like that Derek was like, yeah, no, she hated you. (laughs) That's a good one. That's a good one. I have a note here that I don't understand. You have two. I have none. No fair. I don't have an. Oh, this is when Addison is talking to Naomi, saying, "You have two. I have none. No fair. I don't have anyone having panic attacks over me." Right, right. Oh. And then Sam shouts out, "Like I'm not having a panic attack." <laughs> yes. <laughs> I thought that was funny, but I was like, "Okay, Addison, now you're showing how you and Derek could have been together because you both have those these egos." I think Addison shows her ego less, and it comes out more in like a superhero way like an I will save the day when Derek's is like I will save it because I am going to save you (laughs) yeah yeah what did you guys think about when Mark compared Lexi to Naomi he said um he said she's like you you had it well no I thought he was saying I wish I had I don't I don't think I took notes on that I feel like he was saying that Archer is like, like Mark more so like, don't deserve these nice, wonderful women, yet they're, they're in love with them. I feel like, like he was saying to Naomi, like you and Lexi are similar, like you're both like, I can't believe I, that you've chosen to like me. Oh. Okay. About okay. Archer. You know? That makes more sense. Because I was trying to in my brain, and then I was like, am I overthinking this? Trying to like, compare and contrast Naomi and Lexi and I had more differences than similarities no I just think it's the relationship they choose to be in yeah yeah that, makes <laughs> that sense. would be my guess so yeah that makes sense that does make sense do you two have any more Joe's bar friendship notes I'm good I don't okay so we have Sam's style now which is the fashion part Abby how about you go first mine is just a quick one just sign of the times Violet's pants are so low yes we have a joke on here that like I always choose Violet or almost choose Violet and sometimes I choose someone else just so I don't have Violet as every episode. But yeah, Violet's style is very Violet. The costume designer did a great job, but a lot of times it's just like a lot. Yeah. 
I mean, even even Mare currently wears quite low-rise pants, and I comment on it often. Like, on the beach, her, like, khakis that she's wearing mm-hmm. in current seasons are, like, quite low. Like, like, and El- I think it's Ellen Pompeo, though, in real life, if you look at her fashion. What? Are Nothing. You- <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you were saying something. Did you say you have one or you know? No, I have one. And I want to be careful how I say this. Because I think like as a woman, you can do whatever you want. But there are certain like professional standards that like certain systems and careers expect out of you. And especially within therapy, like we talk about that in our classes, like you are expected to dress a certain way. Because also it can make your your clients uncomfortable. And I feel like no one goes by that in private practice. You know, like the the women, there's like, I, I guess what I'm saying is like, there's a lot of cleavage and stuff. And I like, I'm like, whatever, do what you want. Like, that's great. But like, if you're seeing clients who might have certain issues, you probably shouldn't be dressing that way because it could, you know. Yes. So I've just noticed that yes. throughout. And I feel like Violet was wearing like a dress in one of the episodes that was kind of like, it was very fashionable, but I was like, I don't know that a therapist would be wearing that in that profession. Yeah. Yeah. My therapist is always wearing Madewell jeans and a cute, and I'm always like, I have those same, je-. I always want to be like, <laughs> we dress alike, <laughs> but I don't because that's creepy. <laughs> My therapist is a 60 year old man, so we do not dress alike, but I mean. <laughs> you can always hope to dress like yeah, him someday. someday. Someday, yeah, yeah. I just don't want it to come off that I think like I care what people. Yeah, no, women. Should, you know, no, no, no. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Kind of like a. It's not. It's not like you are judging them. It's the. It's like it's a, a uniform, yeah. for lack of a better term. It's like I wouldn't wear white. Yeah, to photograph it's just like the wedding. expectations yes. of the profession. <laughs> Although I should wear all white to photograph weddings sometimes and just see what oh, they yeah. say. Oh yeah. Wear your dress. Yeah. <laughs> Brianna, don't wear my wedding dress to your wedding when I officiate. I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> so just kidding. I won't. Um, so that's my one thought. What do you have for style? Yeah. So I was between two and I don't want it to be a tie. I just want to mention mm-hmm. both of them. The suit dress blazer pinstripe combo that we have Addison mm-hmm. wearing the whole time. I feel like is very 2009 but also if styled differently and maybe tailored a little bit differently could be worn today Mm -hmm. so that is like my my gut is telling me to go with that but also i just can't look past sam's newsboy hat and that ribbed zip up sweater (laughs) combo that he has on um in 216 i i just can't see past that so I don't know. I'll put that as a poll in one of our Instagram stories and be like, what one do you think wins? So next we have our guest star spotlight, which is Abigail Spencer, who plays Rachel, right? Not Cynthia, Rachel. Rachel, yeah. Yes, Rachel. Cynthia's her daughter. She was born in Gulf Breeze, Florida on August 4th, 1981. She plays Rachel, as it says in my notes right here, um, in private practice 216 before and after. She also plays Dr. Megan Hunt in seasons 14 and 15 of Grey's Anatomy, but not the Megan Hunt in the earlier season 13 episode where we first meet Megan Hunt. That's played by another actress, Bridget Reagan. She's been in a cornucopia of films, including Oz the Great and Powerful, Fathers and Sons, Cowboys and Aliens, Haters, spelled H-8-R-Z, and The Heyday of Insensitive Bastards. Her first television job was on All My Children as Rebecca Tyree, but she is also well-known for her roles on Mad Men, Angela's Eyes, Hawthorne, Suits, Burning Love, Rectify, True Detective, and one of my favorite shows, Timeless. Mad Men is also one of my favorite shows, but Timeless is much less known. Um, it's a, She plays a historian who is hired to like run the history part of the time-traveling organization, and it sounds kitschy but it's not it's great anyway she has also appeared on csi gilmore girls bones castle and a ton more and she will be playing misha on the new krista vernoff show rebel airing later this year 
A very fun fact found on her IMDb is she attributes her professional career breakthrough to her fairy godmother, Kathy Lee Gifford, who as a teenager was hopelessly in love with a 19-year-old professional surfer, Abigail's father-to-be, Yancey Spencer. When Abigail turned 17, her dad called Kathy Lee asking if Abby and her mother Lydia could attend a broadcast of Live with Regis and Kathy Lee, a request that was immediately granted. After the broadcast, Abby and Lydia were invited backstage to meet Kathy Lee, and when she learned that Abigail wanted to be an actress, she made a call to ABC television casting and a meeting was arranged for the young Abigail, who soon after landed the role of Rebecca on All My Children in 1999. And while she was still trying to get on her feet, she spent three months as a live-in nanny for Kathy Lee at her New York residence, which is a wild story. Yeah. And last but absolutely not least, she is distantly related to Princess Diana, Prince William, and Prince Harry through her Spencer ancestry. And she was invited to attend, and she attended, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's wedding and is good friends with Meghan Markle. Wow. So she's slightly royalty. Yeah. Crazy. Right? Right? Wow. So we have some trivia. All right. I will start. Again, it was Private Practice Season 2, Episode 15, called Acceptance. This episode scored 12.91 million viewers, and the title of this episode comes from Archer, trying to make Addison and the others accept that he will die. Grey's Anatomy, Season 5, Episode 15, Before and After. The episode's title originated from the song Before and After, originally sung by Rush. This episode scored 15.7 million viewers. And it marks the last appearance of Melissa George as Sadie Harris, one of my least favorite Grey's Anatomy characters of all time, not only because she has my initials. (laughs) She's the worst. (laughs) Then we have Private Practice Season 2, Episode 16, X-Life. This episode scored 14.10 million viewers. The episode has five credited special guest stars, which is the highest number of special guest stars of all episodes of Private Practice. And the episode was also written by four credited writers, also the highest number for any episode of all three shows to date. Wow. Makes sense. Wow. We're ratings and MVPs. I'll say my rating first because I know that this is a little bit of a weird ratings slope, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I I always want people to feel comfortable. So my rating is a college reunion beach week. Things have changed, but there is love and lots of fun is had. Okay, mine is sandblasted on a hot day at the beach. It's windy and kind of unpleasant, but the sun is out, so you're still getting tan, but it also kind of stings. Yes! (laughs) Dude, I can picture those days. Oh my god, that was perfect, Brie. That was so good. I don't have a name for mine, but it would be the kind where... It's like early spring beach in Michigan and the air is super hot and humid and all you want to do is cool off in the water, but the water temperature is still 50 Mm -hmm. degrees. So instead you just get your feet cold. So maybe I'll call it cold feet, warm body. (laughs) I love that. I love that. While we're on you, Abby, who's your MVP? Oh God. I feel like because I don't get to give it to Addison often anymore, I want to give it to Addison. Okay. Okay. Is there a reason or you just want to give it to her? It's okay if there's no reason. Uh, I like her, and also she uh, and eventually saved her brother by being an annoying sister. So yeah, okay, I love that. I love that, Brie. How about you? Well, I like kind of want to agree with Abby. I had I wrote down Derek because I was like, he actually did the surgery and saved Archer, but he's kind of a dick. So I like that. Like Addison was a step before, and she's the one who called Derek and asked for help, and she put Derek into a tiny little box, and she had that suit on, so I'm going to give it to Addison. Okay, I love that. Perfect. I gave it to Bailey because this is likely the only chance that I'll have to give it to (laughs) Bailey, my MVP on my podcast, so I'm going for it. I'm tempted to give it to Callie for helping Addison also, but we don't see her for long enough for me to justify that, so it goes to Bailey. Um, She helps Sam and Naomi as well as Archer and Addison, and she just assists everyone while staying in control of all the situations, and I love Miranda Bailey. I love her very much. She's the best. Love it. Do you two, either separately or together, have anything to promote? So we have a Grey's Anatomy podcast. (laughs) Really? It's called The Uncall Room. Um, Check it out. (laughs) 
Yeah, you can find us on iTunes and Spotify, or not iTunes, the Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's called The Uncall Room. And also we are on Instagram at The Uncall Room Pod. And we also have a Patreon, which is www.patreon.com slash The Uncall Room, where we have bonus episodes and a bunch of other fun things. So if you like listening to this podcast, you would probably also like ours. And we would love to have you join our community. So. I would agree. I would say that you should definitely be a patron of theirs because they have some really um, – well, Brie had some really funny fanfic about um, Orlando Bloom. <laughs> I'm excuse me. My fanfiction <laughs> never happened. About Harry Potter. Yours is, yours is good as well. My fanfiction was Abby. also – it's a lie. Brie's was so much more emotional than mine. Mine was clearly a glossary of terms. You, but yours was so in-depth. It was – yeah. Ugh, but I, I hate the, the way I am. No, like, Abby, yours was just the outline getting ready to write it. I had 22 chapters of one fan fiction about me dating Orlando Bloom and then marrying him. I haven't even got to ask you how you feel about him and his his new family that he has now. I know you have your own and you're doing very well yourself, but... I mean, happy for him, I guess. He's really... (laughs) really missing out being with me. I don't know. You know, like... Could I make him happier than Katy Perry? Probably not. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, please. Don't talk about my friend that way. You could make him very happy. Yeah. I don't know. Seeing him on Instagram, he's just not who he was to me when I was 13 years old. You know? I feel you. I feel yeah. you. People grow into things I get just it. like Addison and, and Derek. Uh, exactly. Yes. So we covered where to find your podcast online, but where can we find the two of you online? You can find me on Instagram at BJBabs. That's B-J-B-A-B-S. I don't really post that much, but I share some dope-ass memes. So if you're looking to get a giggle, I also share a lot about like health at every size and... I don't know, shit that I feel passionate about. So yeah, your stories are great. I also share some memes once in a while. And mine is Abby, just like A-B-B-E-Y-L-M-O-O-R-E, Abby Elmore. Um, I also reshare all the memes that Brie shares. So you can see double the memeage when you follow us both. Mm-hmm. What are you loving right now? I know that we talked about what your favorite TV shows and movies are and what books you're reading right now. But like, specifically i just had a really good moussaka for dinner a couple nights ago from takeout from a greek place i loved that is there anything specific that you're loving right now anything i'm loving hello fresh and i wish i was sponsored should i should be hello fresh if you're listening i gotta figure this out but honestly it's so good and i was off it for a while and then i got back on and not having to ask the question what's for dinner And just like having it be there has been really great. Again, that's just for two people in my house, but highly recommend. Maybe like wait up to sign until maybe I'm sponsored and then we can get free (laughs) stuff. But it's really lovely. Food delivery service is wonderful. What am I loving right now? Spring. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm all about, I'm all about the new astrological year. um, And I'm all about spring and new birth and wedding season and new clothes and just like new year new me but it's not a new year but it's like the the new like spring year so yeah that's what I'm all about right now yes new birth Michigan the the snow has melted and the flowers are popping up and you can like go on a walk outside again and it's lovely that's what I love that thank you two so much for being here I love your podcast and it gets me through so much and I'm really excited for my listeners to hear you and um, discover you as well if they don't already know you. And I just think that there's a lot of overlap and I just have loved these three hours that we've spent together. Well, thank you for inviting us on and asking us to be here and carving out space and time for us because we really appreciate that. And we love to support other women and men, but especially women, um, you know, so. And for being so thoughtful in just the way you do your podcast, it, it's been a joy and I'm really excited to listen to it and hopefully um, just add to the big pile of people that love both of these shows. Yeah, we're super yes. excited for you that you're doing Me this too. podcast. And oh, thank you. Crushing it. <laughs> thank you. We're jealous um, you only have like, what, seven seasons? How many seasons are there in? There's six or seven. I also should know that. 
Yeah, there's six. So jealous. Six, yeah. But so the last jealous. season gets real weird with the like directorial stuff they get. It- yeah, that'll be fun though. Super, super weird. Yeah. We have some really exciting stuff coming up as well. Um, friends who know, who have seen it know what I'm talking about. We, ha- we have some really good stuff coming up. Yeah. All right. So. Lovely. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at BHAB podcast. And you can follow us at the On Call Room Pod. And be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you listen to podcasts to be the first to hear future episodes. If you'd like to support Beach Houses and Babies, please consider leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and sharing with a friend. You can also become a patron of our podcast at patreon.com slash BHAB podcast. Or of our podcast at patreon.com slash the on call room. On our next episode, I'll be discussing season two, episodes 17 and 18. They are available to stream on Netflix and Hulu and can be purchased on iTunes, Amazon, DVD, and more. If you have thoughts you'd like to share on these episodes, please DM us on Instagram at bhabpodcast or email us at bhabpodcast at gmail.com to be featured on our listener mail segment. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks. TGIT. Ta-da! Did I do that right? You nailed that. Yeah, you did so well. You nailed that, Bree. Oh my god, I love it. You nailed that.